<laughs> One more time, that was my brother's chess move. <laughs> God damn, what a loser. <laughs> Back in high school, each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your host, Keith Varney. and finding your chi, this is the wrong one. If you're looking for hosts that are concurrently playing virtual chess with their brother, you've scored! Practice Podcast Season 2, Episode 4. Yeah, I realized that um, when I'm searching on, uh, on Apple iTunes to try to find our podcast... Everything is like the practice, the practice of like psychology and meaning and like loving yourself and like rocks and stuff. And we're totally getting crushed in SEO by all sorts of things that actually help people as opposed to us droning on about a 20 year old TV show. Do you know what helps people, though? What does help people? Power washing. And next door, there is a power wash crew power washing the building next to us. But their Ooh. truck is blocking traffic. And so over the next hour and a half, you're not only going to hear insightful commentary on the practice season two, episode four, <laughs> but you'll probably hear some power washing as well as people honking violently in order to. Oh, no. And OK, well, we're back from uh, some exciting technical difficulties trying to sort out Hulu on the browser and sharing the screen, et cetera, et cetera. But. It's, uh, I'd like to point out, we're now not bootlegging off the internet copies. We are actually trying to do this live, watching the Hulu. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's pretty exciting. Um, the other thing I should add, because we've, we've been promoting Hulu this whole time, the show is now on Amazon Prime as well. So that should double our audience member. Now be aware that if you do decide to watch this on Amazon Prime, that they lump seasons one and two sort of together. Yeah, they decided like well, it's probably because they're selling the seasons as uh, package deals, and they're and the like first one's only six episodes, only six episodes. But of course, there's some revisionist history going on. Like, what the hell? That's right. Well, they're trying to burn off season two in like a week and a half in 1997, anyway. So, speaking of 1997, Keith, yeah, is it time? I think it's time. No, this not day in the basement. Wait, no. <laughs> I feel like we're supposed to tell people first. <laughs> oh, right. How do they contact us? Yeah. And oh boy. have you checked the email? The we I have checked the email. We have a lot of advertisements. Oh, great. No people. <laughs> At this point, should we just start reading the junk mail to make uh, it sound like we have people actually, who write us? Actually, that's not a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, but first, Keith, will you please, I, I, uh, since we don't have any emails to read, but you can contact yes. us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com or find us at outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. 
And on the Instagram at Out of Practice Podcast and Facebook at Out of Podcast Podcast. Podcast. But just to prove that we are just a smashing success, could you please provide me with a drum roll? Oh, 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 all right. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast has now surpassed one dollar in revenue. Oh, my God. One dollar. Now, that's uh, that's impressive. I mean, that almost reimburses you for half of the episode that you bought on Amazon unnecessarily just now trying to see if it would work. (laughs) (laughs) I just realized I've already I blew it. I blew our budget. You have already blown our budget. (laughs) Uh, Man, Can I write that off? I don't think I can. I not anymore. You can't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, play that bumper again. Oh, here we go. This day in the basement. There it is. This day in the basement. So uh, this episode was aired on October 4th, 1997. Again, a Saturday night airing for a big show. Interesting. Uh, so wh- why don't you tell us, what were you up to? October 7th, 1997. Were you doing another cool-ass concert, being like cool in high school? Um, potentially, but I would like to take this opportunity to uh, flash forward in time a little bit. This is probably would be best served to save for next episode, but... Uh, because it happened on the 12th, which I think the next episode probably would have aired 7, 8, 9, 10, the 11th. So yeah, it definitely is better for next week, but I'll come up with something better next week. Long story short, October 12th. I was like, sort of like a long story long there. Yeah, that's true. 1997, I went with a few of my friends to the now uh, exploded Philadelphia Veterans Stadium to see oh. a, to see a concert. And it just so happens that somebody had a big-ass VHS bootleg with them. So, uh... Oh, the Stones! Look at that! You had a... So that, that's the actual concert that you were at? That is. Wow. I think I can only play that much of it. Um, but my friend, I'll leave his name out of this, who got the tickets, bought tickets for so cheap that we were up and we were everything was obscured by where we were sitting. Like we, There was like uh, championship banners hanging down or something. We could barely see anything. We were so far away. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are off to a terrific start. Strangely... RCN just shot the bed for 10 seconds. Yeah. Hopefully just for 10 seconds. Otherwise, like, this episode is fucked. I know. We should probably just jump to the spare tires, even though I haven't watched the episode yet, just to make sure we got it in the can. (laughs) Just just say we did it. All right. This episode is seven minutes long, and it's just us fighting with technology. That's, boy, that sounds like a great podcast. This is, we're kind of living a black mirror, aren't we? We kind of are. Uh, but I tell you what, that Stones footage is amazing. I can't believe that, uh, the actual concert, wait, so you were saying that you got the tickets for so cheap that we were so far in the back of where we were sitting in the upper decks of veteran stadium. I don't know if you remember, probably not. I guess you never were there, but back from the old giants Eagles days, veteran stadium was gargantuan. Actually, um, I don't know if maybe just the Phillies played there. I can't remember now. Well, the Eagles played there too, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where right. uh, Santa Claus got beat, what, got hit with snowballs. Remember? I do, in fact, remember. It's all people talk about whenever Philly sports fans come up. Regardless, well, that and they had to have a court 
inside. Actually, this is appropriate to the practice. There was a literal court they put into the stadium to handle all of the cases that came out during a regular game day. Well, you know, Disney World does that, too. It's not that unheard of. <laughs> the Giants don't have that. Yeah, they, uh, I could say a lot of nasty things about the Giants, but I'm going to reserve my comments. <laughs> Since the Eagles and the Giants are the only two teams to knock off this dynasty of the Patriots. so That's right. We do have that. Take that, Tom Brady, even though the show takes place in Boston and... It's possible our viewer, our listener, is a uh, Patriots fan. What if it's just Tom Brady? Look, you suck. What if it's It's just Tom Brady listening (laughs) to the practice? (laughs) Hey, Tom, it's literally just Tom Brady who listens. He's, like, obsessed with this podcast. So, Tom, write us in, you know, and uh, you you, you can come on the show. You can talk about your experiences losing Super Bowls to our teams. In fact, do it. Write us quickly so that I can go ahead and edit this whole portion out. If you are the sole listener. Anyway, long story short, very, very long story, very, very long, in fact. Very long. Uh, we were at Veteran Stadium a week after the airing of this episode and uh, watching the Rolling Stones uh, attempting. In fact, I have a better view watching this YouTube clip 20 years later than uh, than I did at the, at the time. Uh, is that an important email, that. Keith? Is that an important email you got? Oh, so important. Uh- that was a text. Jillian's going to be home in 15 minutes. So My wife's going to be out. home in 15 minutes. Whoa, they're both expecting us to be done, but we are not. No, we just started, in fact. Do you think they brought us any food? I hope so. Oh, that would be good. Keith, I'm, what if I'm we saved rent no. by getting a two-bedroom, and we just all four live together? Oh, no, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> I know, it, you know, it's a, it I, reminds me, my, my mother-in-law yesterday at, uh, we had brunch with the whole family and she's like, what if we just bought a building and had you guys and us and, uh, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, we all live in the same building. And we're like, no. Well, there's a portion of that offer. That's very nice. No, it's no, actually it, it totally is like, it's super, super awesome. And I think, I think a lot of that would be fun, but I also think they probably get pretty sick of us. Well, your brother and sister-in-law are awesome too, aren't they? They're super awesome. Super awesome. So, I mean, we, we get a lot of good food, uh, you know, free rent. We'll take that. Oh man. You know, so but nice. I, I, I feel like, uh, I'm a lot more charming for small pieces of life than I am, uh, you know, full time. You know, Keith, you know why I adore you. I'm not sure charming is is a word I would ever, ever choose to use. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what word would you use? Let's hear it. Listen to the awkward silence. I would say unique, charismatic. Oh, okay. Unique-o-matic, I'd say. Unique-o-matic. Well, now, and and how would you differentiate between charming and charismatic? Well, charismatic is something you you feel, right? Charismatic can be, you could be a total dick and be charismatic. It's sort of a, a pres- you kind of, in their presence, there's, they, they, they wield an energy. Charming, I mm, think, mm. De- connotates a bit of a, a pleasant experience being around. <laughs> Oh, I know because I'm the could same possibly way. Possibly apply. There are a good portion of people who would spend an evening with either of us and be like, "I didn't enjoy that evening. <laughs> I had a shitty time." And we are asking people to devote almost two hours a week to spending time with us. Oh, when we're together, it's a whole different story, man. We really—that's when the charm begins. 
Oh my god, that's amazing. All right, wait, we have strayed so far. So back so in far, 1997, October 4th, yeah. who were you charming? I'm going to replay the bumper. Yeah. This day in the basement. Because it was so far away, I'm going to remind people what we're doing. Who uh, who were you charming back then? Boy, I you know, I looked it up, and I realized what I was doing at that point. I was deep into rehearsals for a community theater production of Showboat. Yeah, really, it was a uh, it was an interesting experience because I was I was just in high school and these were all sort of adults doing um, doing all the leads. So I and you're going to enjoy this. No one that's going to understand why this is so funny was in the dance ensemble. Wow! Of this showboat and uh, yeah, that, that I think that should speak to just how amazing this production was. But uh, my most distinct memory from that production was almost killing my dance partner during rehearsals. So uh, this was community theater, but ambitious community theaters. So the choreographer had lots of big, exciting dreams that we couldn't really pull off. But one of the moves was she was, I'm just going to pick up my partner and throw her up onto my shoulder and like do a thing with her up on the shoulder. I I, I feel equity would have a problem with this immediately. Uh, So what happened in rehearsal was, the first time we did it, neither one of us, she didn't jump high enough and I didn't pull her, yank her high enough. So she didn't, she wasn't, get, didn't get up on the shoulder. So we're like, we didn't really talk about it. We just adjusted by both of us. Just, she just leapt like a leopard and I threw her up into the air and basically just tossed her over my shoulder as opposed to up onto my shoulder. <laughs> and it was only that I caught her feet that <laughs> prevented her from like dying on the stage because we were idiots and in high school. Wow. So that was the beginning and end of your illustrious dance career. Oh, you know, I have actually danced in several shows. I have been paid to dance in several shows, but I'm more of a comedic dancer than a competent dancer. Right. So like if I put a blonde wig on you, gave you a fake fiddle and a <laughs> teal sweater, you'd, you'd prance around the stage for me? I sure would. And if only there was video yeah. evidence of that. Yeah, it's too bad there isn't. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't exist anywhere. You're just lucky this ever. is an audio podcast. <laughs> God. All right. Well, there we are. You know what? It's about time to dive into this episode, shall we? Uh, let's, in fact, do that, please, before the internet explodes again. Oh, my God, right? Okay. So, this is Season 2, Episode 4, entitled Dog Bite. It was written by David E. Kelly and David Shore. So uh, this is one of the rare episodes that has a co-writer on the uh, on the show. And David Shore is well known for things. Uh, <laughs> as I wait for my IMDb to boot, uh, as a uh, as a writer, he's uh, he's written a bunch of The Good Doctor. He's working right now, Sneaky Pete, Battle Creek. Uh, he created uh, House. Interestingly, okay. did Family Law, did uh, wrote a bunch of Law and Orders. Dude's written a fair amount. Um, Sneaky Pete is fantastic. I, At least season one was really good. I haven't seen it. Uh, but I think a, a, a welcome uh, voice in this episode, adding a co-writer there. And it was directed by none, uh, none other than Steve Miner, who, uh, interestingly, uh, er, earlier in the season, we had the guy who directed Halloween 2. And uh, Steve Miner directed Halloween H two O. Ah, one of the one of the more well received reboots. Yeah, one of the one of the better late 
Halloween movies. Um, also did Lake Placid with David E. Kelly. Uh, directed episodes of The Wonder Years. Oh, and, my absolute uh, favorite, man. Yeah, classic, right? We, we should have done that podcast. Yeah, we, what were we thinking? Because people actually still watch that. I'd give anything to go revisit <laughs> that. In fact, I still don't know that it's available widely because they had so I- many soundtrack issues. Yeah, well, I think that's why the practice wasn't on for a long time. Because the soundtrack, music rights. Music rights? What yeah, music? although ironically, there's almost no pop music. <laughs> I wonder if they edited it all out. Oh, you know what? That <laughs> might be the, why we're hearing so much shitty synth. Oh no, no, no! The shitty synth is is a, part of the DNA of the practice. Okay, good it enough. Tr- it truly is. Uh, all right so uh under the able helmsing of steve minor written by david e kelly and david shore i think let's dive into dog bite there is no case ladies and gentlemen they bring up two officers from the vice eleanor and her square collar have they returned saw a woman they believe and she gets to, to actually lawyer give money to my client and then they automatically leap to the conclusion that Kenny Tripp is a pimp. It's actually a pretty fair assumption. Yeah. What nice kind cough of by the extra out is there. That? Well, what kind of story was his? She was paying off on a football bet. That's oh, you know what it's time for. I knew that lawyer from somewhere. So the prosecutor is played by none other than Willie Garson who uh, you might know from Sex in the City and also a major character on the show White Collar, which I saw a couple of episodes of, uh, but a um, long-working character actor, and he was, of course, on Star Trek Voyager. He was Riga in an episode called 30 Days, which was a really good episode. Three, two, and- one. Oh, God. Oh, God, I have to find it. Oh, God, where is it? It's right there. Oh. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. The line must be drawn here. This far, no further. That's a great, there it is. That's a great bumper. In fact, though, I think we should start keeping a tally. Star Trek, I think, will far and away probably win, but that's now two uh, visitors from Sex in the City, so we have to keep that in mind. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, at that point, there was pretty... There weren't as many shows on the air... But everybody did every show in the 90s. Yeah, I guess your, it seems like. your options were limited. Yeah. All right, so we've got a pimp. we got a pimp. Well, I don't, you know, I do not have to play the bumper because we have, we have seen, seen her, her before. That's Natalia. Admiral Nechev from woman. Star Trek The Next the Generation. I don't have to play the bumper because I already did for her. Yeah, but it is a new episode. We don't need to hear that bumper seven times an episode. Audience, what do you think? Do we love this bumper? We love it. The <laughs> eyes have no further. There we go. And with two previous convictions for running a prostitution ring, and he says she was paying him because the dolphins didn't cover against the Patriots. Hey, Tom! Another sports gambling. This case is completely circumstantial. We have a very good shot. Plus, we have grounds for an appeal. Let's not forget that. Yeah, but I still think if we put in, I got a girlfriend. What is that little bulletin board she's looking at? It's like a PTA meeting. have a girlfriend, Kenny. It is. But you know what we have to do? Pimp! 
do the second one. Oh, sex, sex, entrepreneur, <laughs> sexpreneur. Yes, that is Frank Renzioli, or something like that. Uh, who, interestingly, doesn't have a whole bunch of credits, but he works a lot with uh, David E. Kelly. He was also on Harry's Law, which is another David E. Kelly show, and now he is a producer. He produced the Crash TV show, uh, produced Hack, Charlie's Grace, Pros and Cons. So uh, he sort of transitioned out of acting into producing. Today's episode brought to you by Long Trench Coats. Lo- oh Yay. my goodness. I, <laughs> I think she's in Blade. Listen, they're not going to follow me in there and like, give me a urine test, are they? I think you're safe. Oh, Eugene. Don't tell me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Me. Look, I got that file. You asked for the file. Oh, damn right I did. The thought of beating you in court is All just right, too relax, hard for me to resist. Hey, Ellie. How you doing, Renee? But you won't beat me. All you get again is one eyewitness. Well, we could better. This is getting good very night. sexual. Same writer? Oh, definitely. You got it. <laughs> You're on. Also, this is the re uh, the return of Michelle Hurd, who played a lawyer that Eugene flirted with and bet money on a case. Again, ethically, I don't know. Defending armed robbers, and you love cross-examining eyewitnesses, but don't bet on Lindsay. No, no, no. The woman was held up by a one-legged man. She ID'd our client, who happens to have one leg, who was also picked up hopping three from the scene with the victim's wallet. Wait for it. Don't bet him. Don't bet him. Don't bet him. I'd just be taking your money. Another hundred. Same rider. Accept it. This is wildly unethical. As we speak. <laughs> Am I late? Ah. Any closer. <laughs> One-legged man. <laughs> Guy hopping down the hallway. <laughs> that is Kelly Perrine, uh, who has... Uh, Done a whole bunch of stuff from here. He's did five seasons of a show called One on One. He was on the Drew Carey show. Now he does a bunch of uh, children's stuff. Um, he, he is a proud owner of two legs. So we're seeing some pretty cool special effects here for 1997. Trying to sneak in a staple gun. Said it was because he had thick pleadings. Thick pleadings, man. You believe that? The judge is coming in, Eugene. Oh, yeah. Uh, Teddy Maynard. Hello. He's he plays the dad on a lot of uh, I think it's Disney Channel stuff. So. I'm single and in yeah 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 yeah. Out to date on bail. <laughs> so he's not the pimp. So because we've been making so much fun of this guy with one leg. What is this case? Do we know much about this? Or he's the pit? All right, so we we just found out that he has been accused of assault, and Eugene will be defending him. That's all. That's all we know at this point. Okay. Do they have a leg to stand on? I'm gonna leave the booze on throughout the uh, opening. I got our. Uh, we really want you to hear the laser sounds this yeah. week. I really prefer the the snake charming. Yes, charming. Yes. Next time I'm getting saucy with my wife, 
in the boudoir. I think I want to just play this on loop. I don't even have any way to know how to respond to that. (laughs) (laughs) A dog bite. I asked for my first real assignment. You give me a dog. Oh, Jimmy's getting the dog of a case. Right. It may not and they're throwing him a court, bone. I take it seriously. Bobby, my sinuses are acting up from all the dust on this phone. I just cricketed both of us. Year. We Let's both deserved it. Can you do that, please? Fine. Dog bite. He's finally getting the case, though. She was wearing overalls, by the way. Is that proper workplace attire? This is completely out of line. It is there. You're a very beautiful woman. Do I know you? No, it came from nowhere. I'm sorry. This is a guy creeping Lindsay in the elevator. So creepy. Hey, listen, uh, guys have nothing to worry about. There's no way they're going to convict your client. Oh, you were in the courtroom. So much for you noticing me, I guess. Uh, I'm on the jury. Oh, shit. Oh, snap. What exactly did he say? Exactly what I said he said. There's no way he'll be convicted. All right. And what exactly did so you say? Do you get him Nothing. kicked off the jury right now? It's not, it's not a communication. I had she a communication with a juror. Well, no. No, I mean, but you definitely have to go to the judge. The judge would probably either kick him off or just or just toss the case and have to uh, re- do a retrial. Totally. I got to go to the judge. But you didn't communicate with him but even so technically under the rules we have a mistrial this isn't fair not to kenny he, he's not he's gonna forfeit an acquittal because Eleanor. some horny juror tries to hit on you the case yeah. is closed all the evidence is in what are you suggesting that we don't tell it's not like the process has been tainted it's Eleanor. not like we were trading no, you know no, you, no, no. she's been like the moral compass one of the moral compasses she's getting high and mighty when she they with all the religious stuff, and now she's doing this. I it I it. Eleanor, come we're on. We're just getting started. Uh, we're just getting started. On inside Eleanor, come on now. It's about as flimsy as that guy's hairline. Did you try to influence him in any way? <laughs> of course not. All right. Did you discuss the case or did you try to get nothing? Any- I said nothing. As soon as I learned he was a juror, I shut him down. Well, you should have stopped being so beautiful. Whoa. Now, is it sexual harassment if you do it 18 years later? I don't see how it has any <laughs> About a fictional character? Yeah. Probably. Eleanor. We'll have her on the show and see what she says. I now, look at this shot. The ATM machine. That's I was putting shot. money into my wallet when he hopped up. He being that man. The defendant. We haven't seen anything like that. Yeah, we haven't seen anything like that. Yes, about two minutes before. I passed him on the sidewalk. He asked for change. Did you give him any money? Starts from the ceiling, comes all the way down to an over-the-shoulder. Amazing. But not totally smooth, either. It really felt... I wonder if it was on wires or something. And what happened then? No, it had to be a crane. There's no way. He told me if I didn't give him a wallet, he'd knock me down and hop up and down on my head, ball to heel. Then he just snatched it out of my hand and went bounding down the street. I came down to the police station. They had him in custody. Where in custody did you see him? In a lineup. He was just standing there like a flamingo. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, snap. Nice. That 
so offensive, but hilarious as well. She jimmied him. (laughs) Are you You absolutely sure that that is the man that robbed you? Of course I'm sure. I'd recognize him anywhere. That's the man. If anybody threatens to assault me or my client, another returning lawyer who Eugene beat up, be intimidated. Mm-hmm. I will also wearing a trench coat at all times, possibly to the detriment of others. I'm here on the dog bite matter. The dog bite? The oh. dog bite? Yeah, I heard That's that me. too. James Baluti. Nice to meet you. I was here when uh, Eugene mugged your client. Mm. <laughs> I don't do that. I'm heartened. <laughs> Look, uh, I think that you would agree that this case is hardly worth our time. And I was hoping we could settle this amicably without having to conduct the depositions. Of course, I do reserve the I mean, right he is giving you full Kramer. Yeah, no, seriously. That's uh, <clears throat> our good friend Barry Miller. Barry Miller. 82,000. I deeply beg your pardon. I did the uh, jury verdict research. Bite on the lip, residual scarring. Eleven stitches and she provoked the dog. She went to pet him. Mr. Berluti, my time is valuable. Your time is valuable. My client is an oncologist. His time is exceptionally valuable. Do you really think we should proceed with two time-consuming depositions over eleven stitches and a dog bite? It would seem so. Jimmy is lawyering the shit out of this. authorized... 24,000. Well, let's uh, split the difference and go uh, 75. And I will see you and your client this afternoon. Have you booked a court reporter? Three o'clock. Until then. Boom. Good job, Jimmy. All right, Jim. As I read the police report, you described the area of the assault, the conditions. You knew the exact time. You provide a lot of detail. Well, there's nothing routine about being mugged, Mr. Young. Things tend to stick. Mm. Yes, I see. But when it came time to describing the suspect, you just said, black, one leg. Oh, Is it's it? back. I think that right? description limits the field. This black, a big head. But you don't black, describe one leg. About his face. Black with so, gingivitis. <laughs> just black. And one leg. When a man hops out at you in the dark on one foot, you don't tend to notice how long his sideburns are. I can't Zing. believe that, Miss Bangkok. Her last name is Bangkok? Bangkok. More than you know. I mean, it's probably not great practice to eye fuck the opposing attorney in the courtroom. Technically, it's a mistrial. If we were using the information in any way, that would be one thing. But we're not. We are doing nothing but waiting for a verdict. Eleanor. Frank, how's it going? Oh, boy. Weak need. Look, if uh, you plead guilty, I'll offer six months. What? On trip. What? You look as if you'd seen a ghost. This is like a gift. Six months. You should be jumping on that. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, I'm not. We're, uh, we're all feeling really good about the trial, aren't we? Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, well, take it to your client. Something oh, well, now you're bad. using the information. Yep, sure is. Great. Um, Mr. Donald said that this would settle. I will. There's no way they're going to bother over small potatoes like this. They'll settle. 
And this is the is mother Mr. of the girl who was bitten. Depositions. Well, uh, he's got a big murder trial starting up next week, and uh, he didn't want you shortchanged, so he put me on full time. Because this case is a dog. I'll wait. I already made that joke, so I'm gonna I'm gonna double cricket for the double bad joke. And I'd All like right, three I seconds that. of booze. Three seconds? Alright, here we go. Two, three. Good, that was appropriate. Alright. Susan? Honey? Don't don't call her honey. No. So she's got a pretty serious scar. And, Actually, and one of my best friends at about that age also was attacked by a dog and had pretty serious damage done to his face. You, Ended up like n not affecting it later, but it was pretty bad. Um, could you play me the the empty bumper? <clears throat> oh, oh, all oh, right. Here we go. Woman whose daughter got mauled by a dog. Woman who better get a settlement so she can pay for the plastic surgery. Uh, yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh, I was giving you all that time <laughs> to figure it out. <laughs> I thought you had a plan. No, I'm trying not to open any more tabs. Oh, yes. Well, see, uh, her name is Phyllis Lyons, but she doesn't have an IMDb photo. So I was like, I don't know. Although she did continue working up into 2013. Did, uh, did some Chicago Hope, did some House, frequently playing a doctor, judging mm -hmm. Amy. And uh, did some episodes of All My Children to start out her career in 1991. Well, all my children get bit by dogs. I'll wait. <laughs> yeah. Hi. My name is Jim. Just going to ask you some questions about what happened, that's all. Nothing Looks like hard. she's ripped directly from a horror it film. Be pretty easy, okay? Okay. I'll be right beside you the whole time. She's gonna kill us okay. all. Bet you she's done some commercials, that little girl. She cute. Oh yeah, no, she did uh, a couple movies actually. Hey, Ellie, they still out? Oh, we're back with the pimp. Yep, still. Back with the pimp. Oh, thanks for joining us, Bobby. Bobby's just sort of hanging out. Just give us a few seconds, and then uh, we need to talk. We just present the DA's office. Eleanor, he's the client. Yes, I know, but if we tell Eleanor. him, then the information yeah, the comes into play, and then we have to go to the judge. So what are we going to say? <sighs> All right. We are going to convey the DA's offer. If he turns it down, then what that juror said is still meaningless, and that if he accepts the deal, then it's an entirely different story. We should just go to the judge now. <sighs> right? In which case, Kenny loses his acquittal because of some stupid... Kenny the maybe pimp. Like she's, yeah, she's like you're you're gonna put all of this on the line for some shitty pimp. Well, she does work at, at this office, and we've found that it's sort of a uh, you need to earn your stripes by being completely corrupt and immoral at some point. Yeah, what's interesting? You say on just a girl thing. Can you send uh, Kenny in? I can sniff out nefarious behavior a mile away. Sure. I'm Bobby Donald. Nefarious? Is that like a like the dog bite? <laughs> Why can't Nefarious? Bobby, he knows yeah. <laughs> Lawyers have a duty to report. Remember? 
Kenny. Yeah. And you were a lawyer. Yeah. You're a lawyer. What are you doing? Something's wrong. Got this gland thing. Works like radar when something's wrong. I bet you got a gland thing. Sit. Well, were they like big loping hops or just little hops? They were hops. Wait a for second. God's sake. How many? I uh, wish we'd go back to that shot. Ways could there be to hop? Well, forgive me for being a nuisance, but your description was only black, one leg. Is it your testimony that all hops look alike? Objection, Your Honor. Here he goes again, making this about you know this race. Guy? When he knows. Oh, other than Charles Cooper who I think is a very important actor because he played Kempek on Star Trek The Next Generation he was the leader of the Klingon Empire for a couple of episodes he also played a Klingon in Star Trek 5 Unnecessary Star Trek reference The line must be drawn here this far no, no further Really interesting looking actor. He's got this huge, big round head. You can see why he played an old Klingon. Yeah, I think it, it, when he walked onto set, he was like, hey, which way to hair and makeup? And they were like, no, nah, no, nah, you're good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of judges that have been that yeah, way. He just rolled out of bed, that guy. Is this for real? Oh, I assure you, Your Honor, this is very real and very serious. He robbed her. And I object as much as you do to what Mr. Young here is doing. Your Honor, I'm going somewhere with this. Hurry up and get there. Weird. Step back. The terrifying glance he just gave them. So do are all judges just like pissed off and have somewhere better to be? Definitely. Perpetually. And they hate lawyers. Even though there are lawyers. Double or nothing. Absolutely. And I just went up to pet him, and he growled real fast and bit me. All right, Susan. Now, do you remember what direction you approached him from? Was it from that the shit's front? hideous on her face? Back? Was it from the side? From the front. Okay, do you think maybe you scared him a little? He was practically bigger than me. Well, maybe scared isn't the right word. You think maybe you surprised him a little? I just put my hand up to pet him. Well, is it possible that you put it too close? He's making it Smart out my girl. fault. Susan, he's just asking questions to find out what happened. I just went up to pet him. I understand. It's okay. Oh, good God. Susan, how many inches did you put your hand up to his mouth? I don't know. Let's pretend you're the dog. Did you put your hand up about this close? Is it maybe? Get your hand out of that girl's. Oh! Oh. She bit him. Right. That scared me for some reason. <laughs> Is that your fault? Yo, she just outlawed every lawyer she, in every episode. Seriously, I think she might be the most valuable lawyer of this episode. She's absolutely a candidate. So candidate. The they're doing a deposition, and the opposing lawyer is trying to find out how far her hand is. So he's putting it close and close to her mouth. She bit him, and then says, "So that's your fault." Damn. Boom. Yo, he got Jimmy bit. <laughs> Jimmy bit. Let's <laughs> uh, break. Look, we really need an answer, Kenny. The jury could come back any second. Back to now. the pimp. 
Look six at six that months. jacket. Yeah, that is six months. He thinks he's Blade. <laughs> what would it take for you to 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 rock one of those down the street? A duster. I, I, I don't. I don't think it'd be a slimming no coat for me. Azure, on my trial. Yes. Told you that. <laughs> yes. I, am I missing something here? I mean, shouldn't we all be celebrating? Kenny, communication with. The only automatic mistrial here is that square napkin you're wearing around your head, Eleanor. The reason why we didn't tell you is because if you didn't have the information, well, then you couldn't trade on it. And what that juror said was kind of irrelevant. The bottom line is... It's like a nun's habit for her neck. We gotta go to the judge. And she's probably gonna throw the case totally out. We're gonna have to try the whole thing over again. Are you saying that if we keep our mouths shut, I'm looking at the big NG, and you're planning to go back to the judge and get this case kicked... And I have to stand trial all over again. That's the rules. It's the rules. I'm looking at an acquittal here. We don't know that for sure. His posture is ridiculous. Is that Bobby's he office? He's saying that stuff just to make an impression. He might have had yeah. no clue as to what the other jurors were really thinking. No spare tire. Fine. It's gone. We, uh, chalk it up to flirtatious banter. You ain't got to go to the judge. You don't understand, Kenny. We have a By the way, I don't know how I missed it before, but I just looked at our new logo and I see the fan at the top and it is hysterical. Of course I put a fan in there. So, he just called her Ellie. Everybody on this show is old friends with everybody. Well, he's a pimp. Ellie, please. I'm a free man. I'm your client. You're asking me to risk jail on a technicality? Yes, that's how it works. I can't even believe you're thinking about They weren't tired, uh, tired three Kenny. days ago when you were all about this, Ellie. are not tired. Ellie. Okay, they're not tired. Ellie. It's not as if you bribed a jury. Okay, we're waiting, we're waiting for them to come back with a verdict. Are you saying that I should be punished because one of them let the cat out of the bag early? Huh? Doing way ridiculous. too much with his hands. You can't do this to me, Ellie. You can't. Is it possible? Yes, you can. Is yeah. it possible that somebody put that juror up to it? Opposing counsel, maybe? It's, yeah, th these things are possible. How do you end this up in the elevator with a jury member? Get out. It won't. I, I guess well, they're not I mean, so I, it won't. Yeah, well, no, no it's not like that. It's not, I don't think it's that big of a case. Like when I was on the. Uh, you know, on the small drug case, like I didn't have a special elevator. You just like they just said, "Don't talk to the lawyers." So, did you flirt with any of the lawyers? I did not try to hit on any of the lawyers. No, missed opportunity. You told me, I'll ask the questions, and you just tell the truth, and don't get rattled. Fan, it was fan, what I told you, huh? Because I mean, I can change it if you think I need something better. Hold on. I'm going to risk blowing up the internet again to get a gif of that guy with no legs sitting next to a fan. Totally. Get that gif. Or get the uh, screenshot, at least. We're listening to him screenshot. Ready? This is really riveting radio. Is it radio, even? Well, you know, I was... Actually, somebody asked me... 
I think it was like my mother-in-law was asking like, what is a podcast? And I had, I had to sort of explain it. Like it's a little bit like on demand radio for your phone. That's elegant, Keith. Uh, I'm a good communicator. What do you mean you can change it? You didn't tell me the truth? Well, of course not. I mean, you practically warned me not to. You said you'd get stuck with it. But I didn't mean <laughs> I wanted you to lie to me. Your story is a lie. Certainly. You did rob that woman. Of course. Oh. I mean, I mean she was rude. <laughs> she didn't just not give me the change, all right? She gave me one of them looks like, how dare you be in my eye line? How dare you belittle my day? Oh, God. This dude's hilarious. I'm a very good liar, Mr. Young. Look, I you understand if I know you're going to lie. Why not? Well, it's against the law for me to do that. If a lawyer knows his client's going to lie, he has an ethical obligation to talk him out of testifying. Well, it's the truth then. You know, I do fi- have to say that I, I find that we keep retreading a lot of the same sort of Look. exposition about lawyering. Uh-huh. And about, like, jurisprudence and... What you can say, what you can't say, we keep relitigating a lot of the same things. Mr. Young. Yeah, I imagine I'm going to get convicted. There's a lot more repetition in lawyering than we think. So I'm testifying. Okay. Just so you know the rules I got to play by. Uh, um, I can't suborn perjury, which means that you'll have to testify in the narrative. What's, What's that mean? Well, it means I can't ask you questions. You just got to get up there and tell your story. Oh, that's all right. That's, see, because I do better when I get a flow anyways. It just comes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Mr. Young, you don't have to worry. I'm very good at this. So up to now, Eugene's been very good at this. And Eugene's been good at, at, at maybe suspecting certain things, but in using his little tricks and his sort of posturing to get people off. Right. But this is the first time he's been sort of faced with out and out knowing for certain that it's some bullshit he's selling. Yeah. Although, you know, in this case, like he's he's not in unethical territory because he's doing it the way you do it when you suspect your client is lying. He can't force his client not to testify. His his ethical obligation is to try to talk him out of it. And not to ask him a question that he knows to be a lie, thus the narrative form. They have a form specifically designed for this. Mm. So he's like, it's, it's sort of the, it's ethical-ish, it's, or it's unethical from the standpoint of the guy testifying. But Eugene's actually playing it by the book. Maybe we should just take the 24000 We can do better, Mrs. Stevenson. I really believe that. Um, honey, can you go see Rebecca for a sec? Yes. I'm gonna be pissed off. Spoiler alert! If yeah, if Jimmy Sorry fucks us up or gets fucked, he knows that, honey. Yeah, Jimmy That's needs a win. I really don't want to put her through this. She doesn't have to be here for the doctor's deposition. If I can make a dent here, then maybe we can push the settlement up some. I think we should keep going. May I ask you a question? Um, Are you when single? did you take over this case? <laughs> I, I don't mean to criticize. I'm just curious. When was this passed on to you? This morning. Mr. Stevenson, this is just the discovery part of the case. It's standard fact-finding. I, I told you that I didn't want to go to trial. I know, but your case is in very capable hands with Jimmy here. 
Yeah, and I've been reading up on uh, animal behavior and stuff. Uh, I think we'll be able to up the settlement. I do. That's really reassuring. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's not you. like the most reassuring lawyer. <laughs> and thank you. So she fucked Bobby, too? Well, everybody did. If this ever gets out with his part, it won't get out. Suppose the jar talks. Suppose he tells somebody he did me. You idiot. On the matter of the Commonwealth versus Kenny Tripp, on the charge of 3213, operating prostitution services for fee. Look at that mullet! That is phenomenal. Wow. <laughs> I mean, goodness gracious, that is a mullet. Whew. We find worry, you guilty of mullet. <laughs> we find the defendant guilty. Oh, oh, oh Sentencing next Tuesday, 9 o'clock. Please take Oh, snap. Oh, he gives her a little shoulder shake. Kenny, whatever you do, just stay tight. Tight? You want to see tight? You look surprised. You look surprised to have me. Say anything. I'm going to right back to talk to you. He's killing it, too. He's Say funny. Anything. I got a plan. Let's go. Now what? What is your plan, What's Eleanor? Plan? Yeah. She doesn't have one. No. You want to repeat that? It won't Ooh, sound any better. Girl. No, but at least I can be reassured I didn't hear wrong. A juror told us they were quitting. We told the client. The client turned down a plea bargain because of this information. And now please tell me why the two of you Wait. shouldn't be thrown in jail. Your plan is to retroactively confess? Uh, what, what other choice do they have? Your Honor, we didn't come in here to defend ourselves. We came in here to say that Kenny should not be penalized for our misconduct. Throw us in jail if you want, but not Kenny. Just for my own education, why on earth would you take such a risk for this client? Is he related by blood? No. That was my just question. I thought it seemed unfair for him to forfeit an acquittal because of some juror's big mouth. Obviously, we made a considerable misjudgment. That's a, you're throwing around we pretty liberally there. Yeah, right? For which we feel the client. I'm not overturning the conviction. Your client participated in this dishonesty, and I'm certainly not going to reward him for it. The guilty verdict stands. So as not to punish him unduly for the blatant and illegal action of his attorneys, I'll sentence him to six months, the same term that the DA was offering. Thank you. As for the two of you, I'll be referring you to the Board of Bar Overseers, and I'll be recommending immediate oh, disbarment. Shit. Don't you but this that's a little is scary. what you deserve. That's all. Yeah, I don't know which way you thought that was gonna go. Yeah, what did you think was gonna happen? The defense calls Theodore Maynard. Oh my god, this is ridiculous. He's hopping up to the Your Honor, may I approach? Clearly a stand-in, too. A hop-in? No. Boo. <laughs> Your Honor, as an officer of the court, I have to let my client testify in the narrative. 
Did you try to dissuade him from testifying, counsel? I did. Yeah, right. I did. He insisted. Step back. So that's basically Members admitting that he's jury. guilty. A little yep. departure from the norm. Mr. Maynard, instead of testifying in the usual Q&A form, is simply going to state his version of the events in the narrative form. Now, this is done sometimes. It's just a different style. Okay, sir. Please state your name for the record, and then you may begin. My name's Theodore Maynard, though everybody that knows me just calls me Teddy. Should I tell him now about how I lost my leg or just stick to this case? Keith, you got an email, buddy. I did. It was a cold, dark night. Kind of a clammy night. Kind of night where you just knew something bad was going to happen. <laughs> just a couple questions, Dr. Man. I appreciate you taking the time. Bob Saget? Your dog it is, is. is Ross. It's, yes. it's actually not. I had an Uncle Ross once. That but. Got the gout. Irresponsible dog owner. It's Robert Carradine. Yes, he is a Carradine. Beautiful dogs. Ooh. He's of the, the brother Carradine of Carradines? Carradine. Of the Carradine Carradines. And uh, he was in uh, Revenge of the Nerds and Lizzie McGuire. Do you think he's ever participated in uh, unorthodox sexual gratification? <laughs> like the big company. You know, we'll have to ask his now, agent. When you're Rottweiler bitch Susan Stevenson, did you actually see what happened, sir? Well, I was talking to somebody else in the park, so my eyes were going back and forth. Mm -hmm. Who would... So that's a no. This other person be. It was a woman, someone I just met, actually. She was walking her dog as well. Both animals were on a leash, by the way. See, uh, you say you just met. Uh, you, you wouldn't have gotten a name, would you? Maybe a phone number? Actually, yes, I did. Oh, good. Uh, that makes things easier. I'll get that later. Uh, her, her dog, what kind was that? I think it was a Sharpay. Sharpay? An old girlfriend told me I looked like a Sharpay. Personally, I didn't see it. It, it, it is irrelevant. No, but Jimmy. he's loosening him up. Jimmy, his comedy's gonna... Right. I feel it. I'm feeling Perhaps, a good vibe here. Since we're all busy people, you could stick to what is relevant here. Yeah, hey, why don't you stick oh, your head gosh. up your ass? That's right, because uh, sometimes uh, dumb Jimmy is really clever Jimmy in disguise. What did you see, if you remember? Well, I noticed... Well, when he, become, when he makes that transformation to number two... Number two pancake. That's when the real lawyering begins. It's the young girl looking at Ross. I think she then made a sudden move. It's guilty of being beautiful. Him, and I think she startled him. That's when he nipped her. Is uh, your dog uh, fixed or, uh, you know, uh, are you planning puppy? Neither. When did you get this dog, doctor? About three years ago. That's in the interrogatories, as are all the answers to these questions. I know. Uh, sorry. Uh, I was uh, doing some checking, and I noticed your condo on the north end got robbed a week before you got this, Rottweiler. Would that be a coincidence? Not exactly. You got this dog for some kind of security thing? In part, also as a pet. Ever take it to any dog obedience school? No, I trained him myself. Oh, so uh, you would be aware on the behavior of these animals? Come on, counsel. Well, I, no, I don't, I don't mean like you're, you're an expert, just some basic things. Are you aware that Rottweilers are an aggressive breed? More aggressive than average, yes. And you'd know that males, especially unneutered males, are most aggressive. 
I don't think I knew that. That's true of people, too. I believe you if mm -hmm. you say it so. Now, you said you saw the little girl looking at the dog. Did you know that looking into a dog's eyes is likely to be interpreted by the animal as an aggressive challenge? Everybody no, doubted Jimmy. Okay. Everybody got on uh, Jimmy's case. What kind of, uh, food Everybody called Jimmy a stupid Jimmy. motherfucker. Dog food. I mean, I might have taken a liberty the there. Table sometimes. High on protein? <laughs> I haven't any idea. Do you know that a high-protein diet for these kinds of animals can make them more aggressive? Also true no, for Keith. I didn't know that, Counsel. Definitely This true. is kind of a dangerous animal you got, Doctor. I think you'd check up on some of these things. Could we just please ask questions? The woman you met at the park. By the way, did you ever see her again? Yes, we had dinner a few times. I think I'll take her name and number now. Boom! Clever Jimmy! Oh, did you hear that mic drop? Because I did. Yeah. She's still wearing overalls. Why is she still wearing overalls? She's got her own sense of style, man. Yeah, but that's the exact same outfit she was wearing at the beginning of the episode. Isn't this a new day? What? I don't think so. Oh, uh... It's all today? Kenny got six months. No way. He's, um... He's out pending appeal on the probable cause issue. With any luck, uh, we'll get him out altogether. Ah, cool. And I'm fired. We, on the other hand, uh... What? Things didn't go so good for us. What happened? We're getting disbarred. It's You've got fault. an email. What? Ooh. I should have never listened to you. What? No. Don't no. tell, don't we tell, don't tell. Oh, you can't say don't, don't tell. tell. Don't tell. Don't Bullshit, Eleanor. She's absolutely right. This is your dog and pony show. There's a deposition going on in here. What's going on? You tell him. No, you tell him. Keith, why don't you tell us? You have something you want to share with the whole audience? <laughs> That's true. It's like uh, if you get a text message, you have to bring enough for the whole class. <laughs> Allocate blame. No, I was saying. Unless it's about you, it's your move in virtual chess with your brother, in which case nobody gives a shit. <laughs> no, no, it's just. Actually, it's discussing social media for the other podcast, so oh, I'm cheating on you right now. Hmm, how dare you? How dare you? Actually, you know what's funny? And you're funny? screenshotting your girlfriend. Yeah. Um, I Two uh, other shows I listened to just announced live-action D&D podcasts. Like LARPing? Not LARPing, but just like recording an actual session in oh. progress. Yeah, that's what we do. But to be fair, I want it out there. We don't LARP. Nobody's LARPing, okay? So what if in season two of your podcast, all right? Yeah. Season one, I think, the, leave it to the professionals. But what if in season two, you take on a total noob into the campaign? Oh, I think that would be fun. Somebody, you got to teach me how to like, to roll my character. We'll just create one from scratch. Really just kind of bring somebody new into the fold. What about that? Well, I mean, you'd have to pretend to be the long-lost Varney brother. I mean, I could that could be my character. Someone he was uh, an adopt he, I'm adopted. I've got a whole I've got a whole backstory. I'm ready for it. Could have okay, great. yourself. Chance, you could have gone forward on your own. Back, hey. I guess. Let's go to my office. I'm trying to stray no. from my podcast marriage into your cheating. It's not that you <laughs> I get rejection every day. But the way she wouldn't even look at me. Like it would bring her down to acknowledge I was there. Now, I joke about things all the time. 
fact, that's how I get by. I make jokes. <laughs> so usually I can make everything a joke. But this one kind of stuck with me. What's he just wearing, like a green anyway, sock, and they just green screen it out? I went around the corner on Tremont. No, they just kind of hang out. Titus, they didn't Can't do that at that point. And Joey Free. They just, the uh... I told you about earlier? I think, I think it was just Titus' leg back. You know, you know, like me for being a victim. A more professional would probably was just go ahead and turn their phone off. And I just snap back. Well, I know, but I can't because it's playing all the cues. I, I unplugged it. I unplugged now, it from the. I'll plug it back just, in for the cues. Now it's just horrific feedback. Okay, now it's better. About a minute later, we're having a fantastic episode. Really well. This is going about as well as a one-legged robber. The man had jumped up and snatched that woman's wallet. Now I had it when the police came. I certainly did, but I didn't take it. He's but good. I'll be honest about this, though I'm sure my lawyer will probably berate me for it later. I wish it was me. I wish I was the guy that jumped up and took that woman's money. Journalification, y'all. Stealing. But if she was keeping in her wallet the idea that some people are less worthy than her, then I'm glad she lost it. I didn't take it. But I'd be proud to sit here and say that I did. And that's the truth. Teddy is a genius. Why is he not running the entire planet? <laughs> that Klingon death stare. You would have gone along with it and then you'd be in the same trouble we are. I wouldn't have gone along. No, I would have just had sex with the client. I would have told the judge. Oh, please, Bobby, you never it would. It was jury tampering. We didn't tamper. We only withheld. Eleanor, for God's sake, communication with a juror. You go straight to the judge. No question. Even if we're going to force. No question. You better call out his hypocrisy. I'm pissed right now. This is this is beyond stupid. You risked your careers. You completely jeopardized the reputation of this entire firm. What the hell could you have been thinking? Reputation of this firm. What? Nothing. Hey! The reputation of this firm doesn't matter to you? Bobby, all we did was live up to your example. You just sold out a client. Lyle Roberts, let's not forget that. You just finished arguing jury nullification. You got a murderer off on the moral integrity Single tear. of his cold-blooded execution. What exactly do you think our reputation is here, Bobby? I mean, who are you kidding? We are reasonable doubt for a reasonable fee. We are a bottom-feeding do-whatever you can to get your client off law firm. That is exactly what we are. And what Lindsay and I did may not have been ethical. It was completely in the spirit and the tradition of Bobby Donald. Damn, she's coming in with, that's some great writing. It's a perfect snapshot of what the series is right now and, per yep. and providing a great arc moving forward, right? They really right. took their time to really set up this challenge for them to overcome. And like beautifully acted as oh, well. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course he's going to make a late play, but... Although Eugene has been doing some incredible face acting this episode. You want to fire me? <laughs> Go right ahead. But please... Please, Bobby. Yeah, I, I can't Do be a lawyer anymore. Me. I'm saying it right now. I'm giving her the best actress right now. No spoilers, but obviously. <laughs> what if Lindsay was like, so you, uh, 
Want to make out? Lindsay's there sitting like, God, I got to talk to my agent. How come she got that monologue and I didn't? Were you here all night? And now Bobby is... Yep. Why? He's been up all night. I don't know, Becky. It's time for a visit from Rebecca Eddie Cricket. (laughs) Jimmy's working. You heard what Eleanor said? It escaped a little through the walls. Bobby, I think the problem is this place isn't just you anymore. There's also them. And I think they got a good leader in you. But not great leadership, you know? Maybe it's time for a meeting. Here's the door. Nobody's stopping you. Is he in there with somebody? I don't see anybody else. You walk out of here, I'll see you in court. What are you doing? I got a settlement conference in half an hour on a dog bite case. I'm not a good coach. But look, they have a conference room now. Too nice. Gotta be strong, you know? That's I'm where... I'm gonna come on strong, and since I don't shift gears good, I'm getting ready. What was that room before? Oh, that's where gotta all the computers were and stuff, right? Remember, it's like where the... The desk was backwards? Got it. I think that's Bobby's office. I like the, um... The dog book. The dog, uh... Rearing book in this briefcase. Sorry, that's true. He's done his done his homework. At least the prop person got a Rottweiler on the front. Good for them. Huh? You're gonna regret it. You're definitely gonna regret it. You walk out of here. (sighs) She's not IDing the man who held her up. (laughs) She's identifying the man she saw in police custody. She sees a one-legged man in the lineup. She figures it must be him. This is America. Mm. We all do. Don't catch me slipping up. So that we can feel safe that the bad guy... No, this isn't this America. Safe. This is, you know... What are the chances? There black with a hair lip. there that night with just <laughs> one leg. Of course she was going to conclude that the man they had must be the guy. But remember, she really couldn't identify the man's face. She didn't give the police any description other than black, one leg, that was... Objection. In. This is too so much. Counsel. <laughs> They're going to explain it. Sorry, Your Honor, but this goes way over the line. To recruit black amputees to walk into the room in the middle of his closing argument? I mean, that, that's unbelievable, <laughs> even for him. I'm shocked. Did you enlist those one-legged black people? My God, that is my monologue for every audition forthcoming. <laughs> Did you enlist those one-legged black people? His friends came to his trial. Oh, right. What do you think of me, counsel? They could have used crutches or, I don't know, maybe a wheelchair. He deliberately had them hop. I'm not sure this is something you can appeal. Now let him finish his He's so closure. angry. Please. It's Klingon. Step back. 200,000. Yesterday you said 75. Well, today I got more facts. Oh, you've got more facts. I've got more facts. Let's hear your facts. The facts are your guy bought a security dog, a dangerous instrument he took no steps to train or even learn about. Either he didn't know the risks of this animal, which makes him negligent, or he did, which makes him reckless. Your pick. So 200,000. I'm not finished with my facts. Oh, 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 well, 
Go ahead. Smug bastard. Go ahead. I said, go ahead. This was preventable. Dogs like this need to be socialized. This one wasn't. Dogs like this need to be taught submissive behavior. This one wasn't. Dogs like this should be fed low protein. This one wasn't. If he chooses to dispense with these precautions, fine. It's his choice. He takes the risk. But if he's going to go to a park, a children's park, and hit up on women and not even pay attention when he knows a child is two feet from his security Rottweiler, he puts the child at risk, too. She lost her face. He got a phone number and a couple of dinner dates. That's what the jury's going to hear. Yeah, Jimmy. Is that right? That's right. 200000 Nothing less. I'll see you in court. I doubt it. Ha! <laughs> what is this? Um, Bobby and Rebecca were leaning on the door listening. And there's Giddy. They are Giddy. One alternative offer. What? 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 150 and whatever it takes to fix her face. Excuse me? Your client's a doctor at Mass General. I'm sure he's got lots of colleagues. And I'm not talking about one operation. It's whatever it takes to make her the pretty girl she was pre-Rottweiler. That could turn out to be cheaper than 200 if he gets the right doctor. Yeah, except here's Jimmy's mistake there. Because that doesn't make any sense. Because he said... Give me $150,000 and fix her face. So in that world, he's assuming that he's going to fix her face for under $50,000. Definitely never, ever going to happen. And then he just said it's cheaper than $200,000. Well, that's not the offer. So somebody's math is off there. But I like the idea. I like the idea, but isn't that your initial settlement? Whatever it takes to fix her face and then money for pain Plus and damages. Suffering? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. D. And a smile. Final offer. Tell Eugenie can wait here. He doesn't have to wait Bobby, down in court. Bobby, the jury back any minute. This doesn't even involve Eugene. This does involve Eugene. This is a meeting about this firm. Eugene is a member of this firm. Fine. Eleanor. Look, let's just start. He gets here when he gets here, okay? No. Okay, first, the disbarment proceeding. I will represent both of you. We shouldn't get independent counsel? We probably should, but on this, I think I can be more persuasive. Okay, now, let's clear the air about all this being in the spirit of my tradition. Eleanor. I cleared my air yesterday, Bobby. We bend, we fold, we mutilate all the rules around here. It's like our motto. We take bets. That, Lindsay? Well, pretty much. You fuck Jimmy? everybody, Bobby? I don't know. The truth is, I don't know what we are. I think what we are and what we could be are two different things. Meaning? Meaning we've been a firm that'll represent anybody. Financially, we've had to. And the clientele we have, you know, let's face it, the reputation that we're honorable, that we play by the rules, that would cost us our clients. The Kenny Trips, which make up this practice, they rely on us to cheat a little. To stick up for them first, the rules second. You know, they might love us, but to the legal community, or the lawyers who give lawyers a bad name. The bread and butter that's kept us afloat. It's mainly been the drug dealers, the Kenny Trips. How do we just abandon them? Look, we abandon them because there are plenty of other lawyers who are desperate to do that work. We're not that desperate anymore. Fair. Or maybe you're more desperate than you could ever know. And what's that supposed to mean? It means maybe you like it here in the trenches. And you know, maybe you don't want to climb out. 
But if so, be honest about it so we can get out while we God still have God damn, Lindsay! In the matter of Commonwealth versus Theodore Maynard, on charge 62434, we the jury find the defendant not guilty. Thank you, Mr. Young. You were awesome, man. Yeah, Eugene really needed to be a part of that conversation. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Uh, but Teddy, yeah, look, look. Yeah, I, right. I, I'm gonna stay clear from this kind of crap. I need to grow up. I'm gonna. That poor woman doesn't get her shit back. I'm getting all these guys off on acquittals when you know they did it. Yeah, well, first off, Sometimes. Eugene didn't get him off. Teddy got his damn self off. off. Yeah, it's true. The idea of Teddy made it out there. Hopping free. <laughs> uh, come on, let me uh, pay off some of this debt by taking you to dinner. Ooh. I'm married. Really? You're separated, Eugene. Ooh, girl! Y yeah, well, I, I got a kid who's not ready for his dad to be out with a... DA. Just yet. But it's okay if I go out with a oh, giraffe. I, 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 uh. I'll wait on that. <laughs> I, I don't even think crickets are appropriate. That just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. On your wonderful victory. Thanks. Product placement. Oh, no, it's not. It just says yes. cola. Nope, it says cola. Cola. But with that font, that is a ripoff of that Coca-Cola font. <laughs> So. Sure is. <laughs> so we did get some great character um, exposition there. We found out that Eugene is separated. Yeah. Separate. You know, it's funny. Like, we know nothing about his personal life. We just sort of get these little asides here. What's well, kind of true of all the characters. Yeah. Except for Bobby. Bobby's personal life is interfering with everything. I don't... I don't believe it. I'm still in a little shock myself. <laughs> $140,000? Plus as many operations as it takes to fix her smile. Uh, I... I don't know what to say. <laughs> oh, you could apologize. Well, you gotta say yes before I Oh, well, yes! My God, yes! <laughs> Jimmy did it! I, I, I'd like to go tell her. Honey? College is paid for and you're about to have 37 surgeries. Oh, Yay! No, 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 no. I don't have medical insurance no and hospital really... course, period. I'll get it in writing. We can make appointments for her to meet with the plastic surgeons as soon as we close. Man, even in 97, no insurance. Yeah, right? Well, I owe you all a big apology, because <laughs> you don't know what I was thinking of, y'all. As a matter of fact, we have an inkling. Yeah. You're pretty, actually pretty clear about it. This is really true? Well, true. <laughs> Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy, showing you how it should be done. Am I to understand that instead of accepting 200000 you settled on 140 plus hospital care? Yeah. You realize we can't take a contingency on a girl's smile? If you had settled for two on a straight cash deal, this firm would have made an extra $16,000. You do know that. It crossed my mind. Jimmy, you said you don't know what this place is. What you just did? I like to think that's exactly what this place is. Atta boy, Jimmy. And not a synth coming in. 
actual full, full orchestration. No, that's still synth. Just slightly better synth. <laughs> hey, if that's not an analogy for what the firm is turning into, then what is there's still synth, but just slightly better synth. <laughs> There it is, kids! Jimmy! Ooh. Jimmy gets a win! Hooray wow. for... Well done, well done. A lot to unpack there. Quite a bit to unpack. Yeah, why don't you unpack turning off the credits? Yeah, but it's, that snake still needs to be charmed. <laughs> zap, 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 zap. All right, well... Yeah, boy, all right. So interesting episode, huh? Really good one, I thought. Jimmy gets it done. All right. So we have some really important work to do mm -hmm. to wrap this up. And it begins with. Most God, there damn. it is. I always forget how high it goddamn high that is. Oh, Pasha. All right, most valuable lawyer. B flat? Uh, C. Of course. Um, <laughs> I think of one of those rare times we are in complete agreement. I, we, we haven't even said it yet, but I think it's fairly obvious. We've got to give this to our. Two, two three, three. Jimmy! Jimmy! Congratulations, Jimmy. Not only did you get your first case, you won your first MVL. And it turned turned the entire practice around. That's right. It was it was it was a technical victory, it was a moral victory. You know, all this time we've And been we saying, don't get a lot of those. We've been saying Rebecca is the moral center, but I think today we we've maybe found out that that's I, not totally true. Yeah, Jimmy came in. Very exciting. It certainly opens up an interesting new avenue for uh, for the character as well. So I think uh, very well. It was like a, it was a welcome serving of the character. And it, it spent last episode setting it up, too. So uh, it's congratulations. Like, it's sort of like the anti or the opposite of Breaking Bad, right? Whereas in Breaking Bad, we see the protagonist turn into the antagonist here. The office they were sort of the the antagonists that have are now finding their 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 good guy. Well, they're trying to at least. Yeah, at least that's the <laughs> new that's at least where we've set our sights. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. All right. Well, it is time for Already famous cuz you've been on TV getting a paycheck. First entry on your IMDb. Way to go. guest actor this one's a little bit more tricky oh is it do you think so all right fire away well i think that our perp if you will had some great moments it was really funny gave a great kelly perrine kelly uh, gave gave a a pretty great uh narrative in his courtroom scene but i also thought that our guest judge for the for that uh case oh charles cooper charles the klingon if you will kim peck was gave some really really nuanced frustration in this episode. <laughs> He's got a fantastic face. 
I though I feel like you and I are both partial to when somebody comes in and gives you that good acting slash a little bit of comic relief. Yeah, and lights up the uh, lights up the screen. Yeah, so I think uh, I think we are gonna. I'm gonna go with Kelly for this episode. Yeah, I th- I I think. For, to me, it's like it's obvious. I, I think it's definitely Kelly Perrine. He's so funny, so charming, and was able to like hold our focus for that. You know, it's a fairly long story that he tells that we're not seeing. Uh, and again, hilarious, but also like genius. I love the character. Yeah, and and you know, we'll get to this when we get to the episode. But it could have just been a totally throwaway sort of thing because it, it really kind of retread a lot of the stuff Eugene's done already. But how it tied right, into right. the larger arc. This is one of those rare episodes where those where the where the 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 stories the cases all tie together to the larger arc, and it's really I think the show's really successful when it pulls that off. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, for sure. And you know, it's it's also it's not quite uh, a, a a full continuation of a story. It's not quite serial. It's mostly episodic. But it's like the episodes take place over two or three episodes. So like Jimmy's arc started last week with like I, I want a case, nobody will give me a case. And like Eugene's they, like so it's it's an interesting combination, sort of sort of splitting the difference between episodic and serial. Uh anyway, we're 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 off topic. We're off topic because we have one more actually we have two more important awards, but this is the next one. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case But, but you, you let, let a single tear run down, down your face. face You're the best actor on the show And this one's a little bit anticlimactic because it's fairly obvious, right? Eleanor? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think Cameron's performance in that monologue was just dynamite work it, it's tough because um because uh you know jimmy michael Badaluccio had such a great character story here and and did some really funny and charming work uh but i mean just cameron's like heavy lifting in that like not not just a single tier double tier like and because the Her anger character. and the frustration, and she's, you know, and she's slow played it, you know, there's been, I really, I mean, the, the truth of the matter is, is that I think she has some of the best writing as well, not to take away yeah. from her performance, but you know, they, she's been, they've been slow playing a lot of that frustration that Cameron's had, or that Eleanor's had with Bobby, and yeah. kind of just left it, you know, we don't really explore it, it's, it's there, it's evident, it's bubbled over a couple times, in fact, I think in the first or second episode, I was asking you, why is she so pissed at him? Right, right. And I think, you know, finally she got to vent some of that and, and point out some hypocrisy, which a lot of times you don't get on the, in, you know, just in, in, in primetime television, you know, where just loopholes or things that could be kind of cast aside as just bad writing actually tie into the larger plot and get, and get called out. So I think that, uh, great writing. Well, it's also a narrative twist there yeah. because like you're expecting that scene to go he yells at them for their stupid behavior and, you know, and righteously so, I mean, absolutely. They you know, did a horrible mistake, but to sort of narratively turn that back around and make it a, a much bigger, uh, a bigger story, a bigger conflict. Uh, it was, it was an interesting little switcheroo there. All right. Well, you know, I think we're already talking about 
something very, very important that I always have a hard time finding. Uh, oh, there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. All right, so continue, now, now that we're in the correct bumper, continue your thought. Uh... I just, I just really liked, I think having a co-writer helped here because I think that storytelling was much more, uh, adept at, at conveying multiple things, right? The, the stories in the moment and also a larger arc and giving us somewhere to go. I feel like that's something we've been suffering with a little bit. It was, it was getting Mm. a little without like the big tobacco case or, or these big multi-episode cases. We sort of right. it felt a little, a little aimless, a little, you know, freak of the weeky. Right. So now yeah, I feel sure. like we have no. a sort of a new moral direction. So I think that it's really, that it's really strong. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see how well they're able to tie that through and like actually go on this journey. Um, and there was but yeah, I, really I, clunky. I think I'm going to go ahead and say 8.5 spare tires. Really high. 8.5. That's really super, super solid. Yeah, I think... Um, my my only objection in this in, in the storytelling of the show is I think having Eleanor and Lindsay do something so stupid and so reckless isn't really serving the characters that well because it's like uh, at, to this point in the show they've never been stupid or reckless in fact they're sort of like the responsible ones where like this is something Eugene would pull in a heartbeat or Bobby would do this for sure. And so, you know, I understand why it's them who went through this, uh, from the, from a production standpoint, like you, like you want to give this arc to these characters who haven't gotten big moments thus far. But I, I'm like, I don't know if that really, like that felt really out of character for Eleanor. Yeah, We were so missing far. the beat. We're missing the beat where, where Lindsay calls out that it's a terrible idea and Eleanor waffles, you know, where she, where we see her moral dilemma of, look, I get it that this is wrong, but what's our bottom line here? Like, yeah, or, or you know, as a as a writer, I would be like, all right, so what? Why is Eleanor willing to take this risk? What other factor is motivating her to act out of character? Like, is like, is it a relationship with the person? Because it, it, it's because of the sort of banality of the case. Like, mm-hmm. we don't care about the defendant. We don't care about the case. You know, it's as as the the judge said, like, is he a blood relative or something? Like, I need some other motivation, or Eleanor's lost fifty cases in a row, or something else to motivate taking yeah. that level of a risk. I think would have helped would have helped us there. I do like, uh, however, I do like, however, that like I thought for sure that the swerve was coming. That there was something bigger at play, something more nefarious when the. That, sure. That that juror was part of some bigger conspiracy, but in turn, his shoulder shrug really kind of sold it perfectly. Where he's just like, you know what? Oops. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, exactly, and it 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 actually underscored the low stakes of this case, right? Which is again like, why in God's name would Eleanor make that mistake? And I, you know, like, they sort of they they try to justify it by saying this is how this firm works or this that the other thing, but I don't. I don't think it was it was motivated enough, in my opinion. So that said, everything else in the episode I thought was really, really solid. I loved some of the uh, director f- uh, flair there. I mean, that sh- the 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 crane shot going down, we should definitely gift that 
because it's just a really remarkable shot. Um, yeah. Like West Wingy sort of a sort of a shot there. So uh, excellent. So I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a 7.5 Ooh, as opposed so. to an 8.5 because of that. But still really solid episode. So you know what that means? No. It oh. means we're done. We did it. We got we, through season two, episode four. I want you to really think about what we've accomplished today. In just two hours' time, we watched yes. an episode of television. We broke we did. the internet. We, we discovered did. that Safari won't let you stream content and screen share concurrently. And we found a Tricky. way around it by using Google Chrome. We did indeed. And, uh, you know, and we're all a little better for it. It's true. And we also we're didn't pirate this episode at all. We, we fully paid for it. And we've really, we've found our moral center as well. <laughs> our firm is becoming more moral. Yeah. Wow. Well, dear listener, Tom really Brady, we thank you for being a part of the episode. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, Tom. Uh, sure hope you retire, because you're garbage. Maybe the worst <laughs> who's ever played the game. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, uh, last reminder. Sh- send us an email at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. Check out our blog. We're uh, posting all of our guest stars at outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. And we'll see you around next week for Season 2, Episode 5. I don't know what the title is. Stay tuned for Keith's second season where I join his next podcast, Laser Sound. What is Wisdom of One? Wisdom of One is the story of me, the brave and powerful hero Skankross 7 and counting. Wisdom of One, there's like all these crazy adventures that we go on. It always has something new. (laughs) This podcast has many, many personality disorders in evidence. See if you can spot them all. The one telling the story is shockingly repressed. Yet another Dungeons and Dragons comedy podcast. Interrupted by long stretches of grunting from Dagon and pointless NPC nonsense you should skip through. Sometimes it's just more fun than real life, I guess. So find us on your podcatcher of choice. Give us a listen, rate, and review us. We need your help there for sure. Wisdom of one. Failure is a way of life. Charisma of 20, but I-